Hi everyone and welcome to the Fill Your Bowl podcast. Each week I'm going to bring you new episodes which will inspire you to jump out of your comfort zone and ditch society's expectations of what's normal. This podcast is designed for anyone who wants to fill up their bowl in all areas of their life, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually or emotionally. If you're finally ready to jump on the self-love train and opt out of what society expects of you, then you're in the right place. I want to bring you raw and honest conversations on mental health, relationships, navigating life in your 20s, healing your relationship with food, exercise and your body and lots more. Grab a coffee, turn the volume up and let's get started with today's episode. Thank you for tuning in and remember, what's the one thing you'll regret not doing when you're 80 years old? Now, go do it. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to begin because I feel like we just have so much that we could talk about. We do, we always do. I think, well, we've only really spoken properly once, but I feel like that first time we spoke, we could have just sat down in a pub for ages and just been talking. <laughs> yeah, literally. I know um, for those listening, Ella and I did a call last week just to discuss the podcast. We didn't really discuss the podcast at no. all. We more just discussed our lives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of and the good like everything um about our life so we thought okay well this could be pretty good for someone else out there to listen to because I think we've all we're all going through our own shit so it's always nice to hear about other people's stuff that they're going through as well to see if you can relate yeah absolutely I think everything that we were talking about is so relevant to a lot of people and it's just nice to talk to like-minded people because we were saying that some of these things that we talk about we can't bring up with our friends or we just tend not to bring up with our friends so it's it's nice to get this out there to people who want to hear this sort of stuff you know yes so true there are so many things that I will speak to people online about that I'm like I Mm -hmm. I have no one in my real life that I could actually talk to this about which is great which is why I tell everyone like oh just start an Instagram (laughs) and start talking sharing your interests on Instagram and you will find your people it doesn't matter if they're online Mm. matter if it's all virtual you will find those people like Ella is based in the UK right now I'm based in Vancouver um, but you can set up virtual calls and you know it's the way the world is going now isn't it virtual friends yeah. yeah absolutely the magic of Instagram and it's using Instagram in a healthy way I think which we'll probably touch base on at some point in this in this podcast but yeah it's it's using Instagram in a healthy way to connect with like-minded people instead of getting caught in that comparison trap um But yeah, that's a whole other topic. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Um, Well, so I've titled this episode, Is Wanting More Always Good? Which is a very big topic because I think as a society, we are all just constantly seeking more, more, more. We are never happy with what we have in the moment. We are constantly looking at the next thing. What can I achieve next? What can I do next? Like, it's always just thinking ahead, 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 instead of just being in the present moment and just appreciating everything we have right now it's never enough it and I think a lot of people feel like this a lot of people feel like what they have just isn't enough they should be wanting more so I guess my first question to you is what are you currently seeking in your life what are you what are you seeking more of what are you not feeling like you have enough of right now do you know what a year ago I would have been like the thing that I'm lacking the most is financial stability. Um, But that has certainly changed, I think, in the last couple months, because I have just realized that I am in my early 20s. And I kind of need to let go of that for a little bit. Because again, I used to think that I should be somewhere in a year's time, like financial freedom, and whatever that is. And I decided to, 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 you know, in terms of seeking what I want, like, I don't, want necessarily materialistic things but I think for me what I want the most is a bit more self-compassion for myself um I don't I feel like I'm lacking that little bit of self-respect and kind of giving myself credit like every single day and taking that pressure off myself um to feel a bit freer I guess 
And I think a lot of people in their twenties tend to feel this way. We get so stuck in a rut about so many things, whether that's career or relationships or what we should, where we should expect to be in like five years time. And I've just been like, I need to think about fulfillment and add more of that into my life every single day, rather than thinking about the long-term goals. I absolutely agree with the financial freedom point. This is something that I have been trying to, I guess, un, what's the word, un, <laughs> uh, unwire in my brain. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's something yeah. I've been trying to just really think about lately because that's always been top of my list, something that I really want. I still want it. I still really do want financial freedom. But like you said, like, what does that even mean? Um, mm. For me, <laughs> that mean, it, it means I want time. I want more time. I want to be able to do my work um but maybe do it in a more efficient way so yeah. I'm less but earning maybe more and I have more time so yeah, yeah. What it means for me and it's hard because it does it takes time to get to that place and it takes a lot of losing time to then get to that place and we're all trying to be mindful we're all trying to look after ourselves and show you ourselves self-care and self-respect like what you said but then also we can't ignore the fact that it takes a lot of hustle to yeah. get a place where you do have a job that you absolutely adore and it gives you the money that you need to be able to be financially free and do the things that you want to do, but have the money to do it. So it's such a, it's yeah. such a battle. <laughs> and it's, and it's, do you know what? It's okay to be trialing and testing in those periods of your life. Like getting there, like I think people beat themselves up so much for not getting there quick enough. And I too want more time for myself to be able to do the things that I want to do, but I know that that won't come about quickly. And I think that's just the way life is. And I think we always expect these things to happen almost overnight. And that's the kind of trap that we get caught into um, in general. And I think the rise in entrepreneurship of, of those who are under the age of 30 has been significant ever since social media kind of blew up and, um, and that is the biggest issue, I think, is that people think, oh, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I think it's good to kind of think about, well, yes, it's good to want more and it's good to have aspirations for yourself. Absolutely. Like I'm a massive advocate for that. But at the same time, you can't get too caught up in being being there so quickly and not seeing that success quick enough. It's really unhealthy, I think. So true. And I'm really glad that you brought up this point because we definitely have seen a rise in entrepreneurs on social media. And you see a rise in people doing these posts, like how I went from 1K months to 5K months to 15K months. And they make it look so simple, mm -hmm. so easy and so accessible for every single person. They make it look like instant success a lot of the time when it's mm -hmm. not. And we know that there is a lot of work behind the scenes going into it. So 100%. Yeah, I think it's a really difficult topic because we have so much access to other people's lives. Like we can literally scroll TikTok for an hour and just look at other people's lives, the way, well, how they're portraying their life. And we just have no idea what is going on behind the scenes. Like all they are showing you is what they want you to see. You have no idea how they are feeling internally. And this is why I've had to really redefine like my definition of success and what that actually means to me, because I used, it was about having a, a high paying yeah. job, like built, um, going up on the career ladder, like moving my way up and getting promotions and all of this. And I had to really like redefine that into, okay, success isn't about all of the external things, but it's more about how I'm feeling internally. And I truly like your internal world. Yeah. A, well, your outer yeah. world is a reflection of your internal world. And I, I want to be at peace and content and happy internally. And then I think once you, you mm. have that, it, it does show more in your outer world, but it, it's finding that it's getting to that place. Cause it's, it does take work. It's not something that just comes naturally to everyone. It's really, it's, it's also, it's really, really hard to break down those, that definition of success. Like you were saying, it's so hard to do that because you, you kind of are brought up with this perception of what success is like from quite a young age without us knowing and then we kind of go through school and we go through university and we get into our jobs and then we expect this is what success needs to look like but then you have to break it down again and that's really uncomfortable being okay with just yourself and being okay with like you said your inner peace and things and that 
again, isn't something that happens overnight. And I think that's certainly something that I'm working on at the moment that's very uncomfortable for me. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with that. How are you doing that? How are you working on yourself and being more at peace internally? I think for me, staying more in the present and doing things which make me happy more often is what is helping me get to that point. I think that's a very general statement, (laughs) but for example, like I used to put pressure on myself for being in a very strict routine every day as a simple example. Like I used to have a very, a very strict morning routine. Um, we were talking last week about ticking boxes in the morning and like you have to do gratitude, you have to do affirmations, you have to do your meditation. And that's what <laughs> I thought being, that would get me to success. Um, but I learned very quickly that being stuck in this routine actually limited me and limited my, I guess, true feelings and true thoughts. I was kind of doing it because I saw other people doing it. So I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll do this as well, kind of following the bandwagon. And um, what I had to do and what I've recently done is I've really stripped back on that routine. I've actually just gone back to basics with just being content with small things like taking my time in the morning and being more mindful of how I spend my time. Like instead of having a strict routine with myself, I'm like, okay, well, I might do a bit of reading here, but it's okay if I don't. I might write a bit of gratitude here, but it's also okay if I don't. Um, And also just doing more fun things like going out for drinks with my friends, also going out meeting friends for coffee, like things that I just stopped doing for a while. And that was partly because I moved abroad and I was very detached from my friends for a long time. But it's really good to feel like a 20 something year old again and not thinking too far in the future, like (laughs) acting as if I'm like 30 something with a successful business. (laughs) That's what, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, that's, that's how I'm working on that at the moment. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's really important to mention as well that it's okay to not want your own business. It's okay to not not strive for that and not strive to be an entrepreneur because some people don't some people love their nine to five and it works really well for them and I know my sister does like she is in a nine to five she has been for years she has no interest in doing anything else and I wish I had that level of contentness I wish I was very happy just doing that Um, but I think I'm glad you brought up the point as well we're checking boxes in the morning because we were speaking about this and it was something that I also was struggling with because I had this whole morning routine set out and it just became a chore at the end of the day yeah at first it was fun but then I just it became something that I guess my high achieving personality could also achieve every day just those little things like like you said checking those boxes and it just it didn't actually raise my vibration in any way in the end because it became eye roll oh I've got to meditate yeah and if I don't yeah. And and the problem is, is that if you, then you get into the point of like, oh, well, if I don't do that, if I don't tick this box, then you see yourself as less worthy that day, or you see yourself as going to, you're going to be less productive that day. And that's so unhealthy because that's not a true definition of what your day looks like or how your day could look like. Um, so yeah, the concept of a whole morning routine and kind of doing that to make you feel fulfilled is very warped, I think. Um And I think that's particularly done through Instagram a lot of defining what the morning routine is. And like, you see all these reels that are very aesthetic and like people have got their smoothies and they're making their bed and it's all very lovely. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's so unrealistic. (laughs) And I'm just thinking, how do you have time? Like you've literally set up your phone to just record yourself doing your, making your bed and how do you have time to do all of this like in the morning I'm like rushing around I'm a mess and it's not therapeutic for me to set up my phone to record myself doing stuff in the morning no no I think yeah it really it really depends I mean there are some there are some accounts that do things like that with very good intention I think everyone has good intentions behind it but it's it's very unhealthy when people like myself you know you get you follow these people and then you realize that because your your morning isn't looking like theirs, then you're not moving anywhere in life. And that's so stupid, but it's so true. 
it is sadly it is and I'm the same because I will instantly go to you're a failure that I would just start talking so negatively about myself like you're being unproductive today like you're a pile of shit you need to get up you need to do something <laughs> productive you're not going to achieve any of your goals like all of these negative thoughts just start spiraling and yeah exhausting mm, it really is it really is and you know an example of not feeling unapologetic of doing nothing today on a Sunday is just a perfect example of how to not beat yourself up. Because again, on social media, you get this whole thing of like, um, my Sunday routine, or this is how my Sunday looks like. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting on my bed watching a Kanye West documentary, eating, uh, chocolate, like for like three hours. And then I like fall asleep on my bed in the middle of the afternoon. And I'm like, well, that's okay too. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be productive. So yeah, it's really interesting, the concept of that and the psychological things that social media is making us feel in terms of our self-worth and our productiveness online. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. And I think that is when you have to be really, really mindful of who you're following. And I know you said last week that you did a massive clear out and unfollowed a bunch of people. And I do this as well. I'm constantly unfollowing people that, or I put people on mute. I do that a lot, actually, if I don't actually want to unfollow them, but they may be triggering me in this period that I'm currently in, I will put them on mute. And then I unmute people in six months time or however long when I'm feeling like I can see their content again. There is nothing wrong with doing that. Mm. Yeah, you're totally right. Totally right. So I really want to touch upon your move to the Middle East because I want to know what drove this. What was the driving factor for you to go out there? I'm quite keen to dive into this and your time there, why you came home, all of this, because I think it'd be really helpful for people to hear as well. Absolutely. Um, So I moved to, I well, last June I got a job out in Abu Dhabi. And I had never been to Abu Dhabi as a city. And not a lot of people actually know Abu Dhabi, which is crazy. Um, They're always like, you know, people know Dubai very well. And it's Mm -hmm. very close to Dubai. And I have family out in Dubai. My uncle and aunt and my cousin live there. And I've been going to the Middle East for like a few years for holidays. So I I knew the area. And I, after COVID, I think we can all agree that there was an element in all of us that just wanted a fresh start of something. And I'd been living in the same area in Wiltshire uh, for the last kind of three years. And I just fancied a change of environment. And I saw this job come up and I just thought, why not? Why not? I had always, I'd grown up living abroad. So for people that want to know, but I lived, I've lived in eight countries in my life and transitioned wow. between, yeah. <laughs> I did it all my childhood from the age of, um, from the age of two to about the age of 16, I just moved countries all the time. So I grew up abroad and I love being an expat. There's always so something adventurous about it and connecting with people that are also expats in other countries. And anyway, I got, I got to the Middle East and the Middle East for a lot of people that don't know that, you know, we see on social media again, this painted picture of what life is like out there. It's beautiful. It's sunny. It's hot. It is filled with kind of luxury materialism and you get there. And to be honest, after about a month of being there, I started to see the side of it, which I didn't like. Uh, and I won't go too much into that in terms of politics and, and, lifestyle out there but I just I was in a very isolated community and I just felt slowly that I was going into myself more and more um I didn't want to go out and socialize I didn't really click with people out there in terms of making friends which was a shock to me because I I'm used to making friends wherever I go because that's what you had to do when you always moved as a child um and I just had this expectation of what living abroad was like, and it just wasn't what I expected at all. And um, yeah, it was it was really hard to make that decision back in November to quit. And but for me, I saw that quitting was a redirection to something better. 
And I didn't actually feel sad about quitting or leaving or I didn't feel guilty about making the decision to move back. And I think that was really empowering for me. It was a big empowering step, but I knew that actually there was a lot of work to be done on myself still because I knew that when I was unhappy out there, I always thought it was just external things, but it turns out it was a lot more internal as well. Um, And that's the journey I'm on at the moment, kind of redirecting into into a better self, better life. But yeah, I'm I'm much happier now I'm in the UK. Yeah, for sure. Good. I was going to say are you happier now? So that's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm much happier now. I I will say that if I'm completely honest, like I'm not in the place that I want to be um in terms of being really at peace with myself and being really content with my life. I'm still working on that, but I'm certainly surrounded by people that I love a lot more here and that's really important to me so yeah that that fuels my cup really important and how did you feel in that moment where you were deciding to quit because I think we can instantly go externally and think what are other people going to think of us what are other people going to say they're going to think I'm a failure like I'm coming home it hasn't even been six months that I've been out here and I'm already coming home everyone's going to be talking about me like we instantly go to what's everyone else going to think which doesn't even matter it's what's important is how we're feeling internally but did any of those thoughts run through your mind what was what was the thought process for you yeah absolutely I I was going back and forth in my mind of so many different scenarios that people would be talking this about me or um, my parents would think this of me or people don't think I've given it a long enough chance. Like I think people always say, oh, you need to at least give it a year to kind of settle somewhere. But I knew that it was more than just giving it a chance for me. It was like, I I couldn't even do that. And I knew in myself, it was just a gut feeling. And to be honest, it came down to just trusting my gut instinct and just being like, I don't care what anyone anyone else thinks, which is very rare for me to say that because I do care a lot about what other people think of me. And that's that's something I'm still working on. Um, and that comes from, from childhood experiences, but yeah, I was, I was certainly worried about what other people thought of me, but I had to really dig deep and be like, the reality is if I stay here, I'm not going to be happy. And fundamentally I knew in my gut, I wanted to be happier. So that's an, that's what made my final decision. And once I made that decision, I felt amazing. I felt absolutely amazing. And I just went about my day like, uh, life's great. I know I'm leaving here. So it's all good. (laughs) And then suddenly you're happy and you're having the best time in the place that you're in. Like, I feel like sometimes you finally allow yourself to enjoy it because you know, you're going home, you know, it's not forever. How intuitive do you, would you describe yourself as a pretty intuitive person? Yeah, I am. I've always been somebody who I don't, I would say that growing up, I wasn't someone who took a lot of big risks. Like I wasn't a rebellious child in any way. I always kind of was very careful about a lot of things. And I think that's where, as I've grown up into an adult, like my intuitiveness has come from. I really do go with how I feel in the moment. And I think that comes with a lot of past experiences of just... I'm very open-minded as a person. So I think that, yeah, I would definitely say that I'm intuitive in a lot of ways. Would you say that you're intuitive? I would. And I think I have always been very intuitive from a very young age. I've just always known what it feels like to be pulled towards something and know that that Mm. is the choice that I need to make. And I, I can't even explain it. It is like a pull towards it and yeah you just telling me like this is the right choice like just this like what you say gut feeling like I I get them very very strongly this is what I need to do and I never know why until I've done it maybe it takes a while to figure out um and then after like a few months or maybe it's sooner I always think ah okay now I know why I, I was pulled in this direction like I know like the universe wanted me to go in this direction for this particular reason and I yeah I I can't really ever remember a time and I think my mum will say this as well that I wasn't just very headstrong in what I wanted to do and would just go and do it 
And it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's for the best, sometimes it's not for the best, but you learn something from it. I think that's what's so yeah. important, listening to that intu- intuition, but knowing it might not always be the path that you are supposed to stay on, but it's a path that you need in that moment in time. And yeah. you can always divert again. Yeah. And 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 it's it's about not feeling bad about diverting and it's not feeling bad about exploring different realities in your life we all have different phases in our life like you've got your childhood phase then you've got kind of your phase after you leave school then you've got your phase where you're kind of just out of university and you're going into your first like career and trying to work it out and you know I have felt this very strongly recently because I've been in three jobs within the last year and I used to feel very, very guilty about this because I was like, this makes me look like I can't settle anywhere. This makes me look like I'm not settling down in a career, I guess. And, but actually it's really not something to be ashamed of because exploring opportunities and exploring what makes you happy is fundamentally very exciting. And I I would see that, you know, being pulled in different directions and just going with it and not caring about changing paths is healthy because you're doing fundamentally what what you want to do. Absolutely. I get such bad FOMO of just my own life. Like I just want to be doing everything. (laughs) And I've always been that person that just tries everything. And I completely understand the job thing. Being a recruiter, I know people can stress about moving jobs um, or being in three jobs in one year. It can look bad to employers because they think, oh, well, she's not going to stay here long. She's going to just move on. But I I don't know if you're familiar with Gary Vee, if you've ever watched his videos. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah. I love watching his videos and he's a massive advocate of if you're in your 20s, like 20s to 30s, even 35, whatever, you should just be doing everything. You should be changing careers. You should be taking risks. You should be doing that thing that sets your soul on fire. And this is the time. Like we this is literally the time where we have zero responsibilities other than maybe paying rent, um, which is a yeah (laughs) responsibility but not as big as owning a house having a child these kind of responsibilities so like now is the time to do those things that we are we're never going to get a chance to do well yeah maybe we might but it will be harder to do these things yeah responsibilities on our plate and I the situation I'm in right now where my boyfriend's in the UK and I'm in Canada, I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, I could either sit and dwell on that, (laughs) dwell on the fact that he's not here with me, or I could pick myself up and use this spare time to actually do something that is what I want to do and something that is going to fill up my cup. Maybe there are things that I would want to do, but he wouldn't want to do, or I didn't really get a chance to do because I was with him all the time, kind of just... Yeah, which is like obviously not a bad thing if you're in a relationship you want to spend time together but there are some things as well that I would do that he doesn't want to do and I would kind of let them slide in order to spend time together so it's about the way you see things as well and your perspective on things and I know you you might be in a similar situation with your your partner who's in Switzerland right now as well yeah yeah (laughs) I feel you I feel you it's it's hard because I'm very torn at the moment with where I want to go and what I want to do in my life like where I want to be and I'm literally in the midst of the dilemma as we speak but it's okay we move that's always a saying I say we move we just go with it and uh life life is meant to be flowy it shouldn't be jumping through hurdles it shouldn't be resisting it should be really just going with it um and that's a motto and a mantra I literally try to tell myself every day is life, life should just flow. What will be, will be. And stop putting pressure on yourself because you're awesome. Mm-hmm. How much do you try and control your life and control what happens? Oh gosh, that's such a I know we should be going with the flow and we should just allow things to come to us and, you know, work on ourselves internally and then our outer world will all be fixed. But mm. but how yeah, how 
Yeah, I know what you mean, because as much as we want the universe to guide us, it doesn't really always guide us in the right way. <laughs> um, I guess for me, it's really... Can you repeat the question again? <laughs> How much do you try and control your life? I guess I try and control my life in the way that, like we've said earlier, the morning routine, I really try to control my routine and try to control my circumstances every single day to, to a time, literally to a time, like wake up at six, do this at 6.15, at 6.30 I'll meditate, oh my God, it was, it was, yeah. I try to control my life literally that way. Um, but I do try and control my life in terms of how I overanalyze, I overanalyze things a lot. And I try to control my life in the sense that I try and always make sure things are, I, I feel like every single day things need to be done. Things always need to be achieved, whether they're big or small. And I think that's something I need to get out of, whether that's, well, today I need to do a workout or today I need to uh, work on my Instagram or follow this amount of people. Or I'm trying to control a lot in terms of seeing that as me building up to success. But I don't think that's quite the right way to control your life. I think we should always, I don't know, how, how would you see, I suppose, controlling your life? Like what is control? What is... And what is just like you trying to have steps, I guess. It's a tough one. Yeah, I think everything you've just said, yes. I mean, all ways to control your life. A question came up for me there. And I don't know if you'll have an answer to this, but do you think trying to control your life in that way is you diverting from some internal emotion that you don't really want to feel? And it's like a distraction maybe I think the intern I always I, I think I always have this internal feeling of slight apprehensiveness and tenseness that's not even a word but like I have internal kind of built up it's not even anxiety I don't know what the word is like apprehension like I'm always, I feel like I'm a, a lot of the time in my life, I'm very apprehensive. I wake up every single day, very apprehensive as a teacher in my career. We don't know what the day is going to bring us. Like every day is literally different with students and you don't know if you're going to have a really good day or if you're going to get um, sworn at <laughs> by a child. It's just one of those careers. And whilst I love it, I'm very apprehensive. So I try to control my life in terms of diverting my attention to well-being practice to avert those feelings of apprehension but it's not quite the way to I suppose deal with it and I really do like talking about my feelings and I'm very open about circumstances and I'm very honest with people and very honest with myself which I'm really glad I'm very honest with myself because a lot of people try to deny their own feelings a lot of the time but yeah I would do wake up every day very apprehensive and I think that I try to divert that by reading a book or I don't know doing exercise and whilst those things are healthy I do need to tap into myself a little bit more I guess. Maybe I'll explain what my control feels like because for me I think I paint a vision I paint a vision of what I want my life to look like, for example. Yeah, yeah. So this time last year, I my vision was to move to Canada. I thought, okay, I moved to Canada. Every, and I imagine the same for you. I moved to Abu Dhabi. Everything will be amazing. Like I'll make great friends. There's like so many like great hikes to go on, or I don't know if there was there. Um, but in Canada, Vancouver, so many great hikes. Like I just had this vision, like I wanted to be there. And I knew my it was my intuition as well pulling me to come here. I knew I had to come here. And I had it the same last year when I couldn't actually move to Canada yet, but I knew I wanted to go somewhere. I couldn't move to Canada because were closed because of COVID but I knew I wanted to go somewhere so yeah. I went to Cornwall because I, I had a strong intuition to call and it was 
for me to go down to Cornwall. So I have this vision of like what I want my life to look like and I have to then go do it. And then I I just block everyone else out. I like I think I can control yeah. everything in my life and like this vision, I can make it happen, I can control it, but yeah. I don't I don't take into account when it doesn't like that it might not work out and I don't yes. know. Yes, so I completely get where you're coming from. Now I know what control means because I have got an exactly very similar story. I literally, when I moved to Abu Dhabi, I had a vision board. Literally, I've got the vision board here. And actually right now, ironically, it doesn't, I'm just showing you the vision board. It's got nothing on it. It's a cork board, right? And I had this in my room. And on this vision board, I had pictures of being able to do kind of glamorous things in the Middle East, like having the money to do it, um, being able to save up to go to this really lovely hotel with my boyfriend, um, being able to afford like horse riding again, because that's a big hobby of mine that I absolutely love. Just being able to like have all these like nice things. And yeah, like you said about like having this vision of being in Vancouver and doing all of these things like, and and these possibilities, you kind of, I forgot about like everything around me and I was kind of so focused on one vision that I was trying to control that outcome so much. And then when I wasn't getting it or seeing any results, literally within the space of three months, like that's not even a long time. I was so harsh on myself and I was like, I started telling things to myself, like, you're not worthy of this. You can't achieve this. It won't happen. And yeah, it was materialism. And I didn't, I was blinded by the fact that I thought it wasn't materialistic because I was like, oh, these are just like pictures of pretty sunsets. Like it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, 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 there's a real fine balance. And I think that's how it sounds like you and I have very similar kind of experiences of con- trying to control our life through creating a vision for ourselves. Absolutely. Yes. And then I find it really, really hard when things don't, like something, I don't know, a curveball gets thrown at me and I'm like, this isn't what is supposed to happen. This isn't my my vision. And I then have to start, so for example, I then met my boyfriend in April um, down in Cornwall and we're still together now, but I wasn't expecting that. That was like a curveball thrown at me. I was not expecting that was Uh. where I was supposed to go. And I'm like, now suddenly I have to take someone else's views and opinions and thoughts and feelings into account and I'm like where does this fit into my vision board like I have yeah. this I have this picture of like what I wanted to do like after Vancouver I wanted to live in Bali for a year or Thailand or some like island I wanted to yeah go yeah like but does he want to do that like what does he want to do and I kind of say to him by the way this is what I'm doing you need to be you need to want to do this as well and I I we've had this I've had this conversation with him because I know that I'm like it I know that I'm very much like okay well this is what I want to do this is what the vision I see for my future you need to have the same one and people don't curveballs are going to be thrown at you and I think we can try and control how things happen in our life as much as possible but there's always going to be a curveball thrown at you there's always going to be something that yeah go to plan and it's just yeah yeah I totally agree and in terms of what we want and this idea of wanting more a question that I've started to ask myself and I don't know if you feel the same way but is wanting more in terms of like living like traveling or like going to all these lovely places and having all these lovely things like something I had to ask myself is that is that what I really want in myself or is that because I've been exposed to a lot of imagery and videos and content of people with these lives that certainly do have nice things and I think I would definitely like not say no to it (laughs) absolutely I love traveling and things but I think it's about what what makes us happy is having this vision that you paint for yourself going to make you truly happy or are you going to be able to still achieve that vision and get there and still be happy with your life like because I think we always think that things like materialistic things will make us happy but then once we have them there's always going to be something in your life that will throw a curveball at you and you have to be so comfortable and confident and happy within yourself to be able to deal with that 
So yeah, it's more, it's about saying, okay, well, these external things are nice and I could have these, but if I don't have these, it's okay. And I'm still happy with myself. Mm-hmm. That's what I have started to question myself about at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's hard. <laughs> so it's hard. Days. Well, like you said, we are so exposed to people's lives. Like we can watch vlogs on YouTube of people who are digital nomads and they are in mm-hmm. one country and then the next country and then the next country. And I I always think that I want that. Like I always think that is the dream. That's what I want. Like I would love to be living that lifestyle. But then I... I think I have to ask myself, but if I was actually living this style, would I be happier than I am now? Like, would that actually make me happy? Like, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it's just interesting. It's a it's a question to to think about. Yeah, I always, I, I can't watch those vlogs anymore. <laughs> I think I'm at a, a stage in my life right now where I'm like, I cannot watch those vlogs um, because they, yeah. they don't make me feel good. And I think you've got to be aware of that, haven't you? Um if, if something is not making you feel good online you've got to be so aware of it and to just cut it cut it out um so I want you to finish the sentence I will be happy when because we all tell ourselves this I will be happy when I have xyz I'll be happy when I am living in this country or when I have lost x amount of weight so where in your life have you told yourself I will be happy when x happens my narrative a year ago was literally, I'll be happy when I'm financially free and I can work for myself. And that was it. And now I look back on it and I'm like, that was so, so limiting. Like the fact that I'm just relying on money to be happy. Like, what was I thinking? Um, but the thing is, we can't wait for the perfect time to be happy. We have to find the happy in our daily lives. And I think, yeah, we can't let our external experiences define us in terms of how happy we are. So I I would say that now I will be happy when I am able to give myself so much credit and I will be happy when I'm able to have more self-love and self-compassion. I'll also be happy when I feel less pressured in my day-to-day life, I'll be happy when I'm able to be content and feel less stressed. And that might change in five, six months' times. So I might I might have a different concept of what will make me happy. But that's certainly more my what will make me happy now is more internal than what happens on my outside circumstances. Um yeah, what about you? I think I can... it's a tough question. It is. And I think my answer is definitely different now to what it was a year ago. I mean, a year ago it was, I would be happy when I'm in Vancouver. Um, I get to Vancouver and I'm thinking, okay, am I happy? Like, I, I love it here. Like, I'm very content here um, in some ways. Yes, but mm. I also, I'm now telling myself I'll be happy when my boyfriend gets here. I'll, like, I And I, I, I guess I limit myself in a way that I don't want to go and do certain things because I'm like waiting for him to come here. Or I just tell myself, oh, I could, I could do that, but I don't have like, my boyfriend to do it with. Like, but yeah, so I, but I'm trying to just get out of that mindset of just going and doing things for myself um, without thinking that I need him here to go and do them with. So it, it's things like, bigger hikes like hikes where I'd need to like hire a car and drive somewhere and yeah day so like bigger things like that um where I'm thinking no I need him here to to do it with but do I (laughs) do I I think I think the key I think the key word in that sentence I'll be happy when is the word when I think it's always that idea of searching for what's going to make you happy where we don't always need to be doing that you know I'm happy at the moment because I, I don't know, I live in a lovely house. Mm. I'm happy at the moment because I can afford to like get a train to go see my friends. I'm happy. You know, I think when you put things into perspective, it's, we need to, it's very corny and very sad a lot of the time, (laughs) but it's the idea of like, oh, well, you know, be happy in the present moment, like stay with your present self. And I think that's certainly true to an extent because we can't always be searching for 
wanting more to make us happy at a certain point. Um, and that's certainly what I've learned. Like, I'm the same as you. Like, I'll be much happier when I live with my boyfriend. I'll be much happier when I have my perfect job, whatever that means. So, yeah, it's it's being aware of that kind of constant searching that we don't always need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading an article actually about this and just how the the fact that we are all just constantly seeking more and it's like we find a comfort in that. We find a comfort in that this mm. part and then once we have that thing, the goal, the the thing that we were seeking and looking for, we often don't really feel much. We don't feel this overwhelming satisfaction that we thought we would feel so it just talks about how important it is to okay you are seeking this thing and that's absolutely fine like seeking is also having purpose it's also a drive for you because if you're constantly seeking something like you it does give you that reason to wake up in the morning it gives you that drive to do something but it's how you are utilizing that as well and how you are I guess, feeling on a day-to-day basis and how you are trying to enjoy the process as well as the end goal. And we all say, like, enjoy the journey just as much as the destination. Yeah. Um, that's a very common quote out there. It's easier said than done. Yeah, it is. It is. What are some things that you do every single day to make yourself happy? Every single day to make myself happy, I... I do practice affirmations, not always in the same way. Like sometimes I will say affirmations out loud because it gives me a bit of confidence, but I like writing things down. I do, I do journal my thoughts and I like speaking because I think that's very therapeutic for me. But I think what makes me happy every day is pausing and being at just with myself. So whether that takes form in having a mindful sort of time in the morning, like in terms of reading a book or just having moments of stillness where I'm not kind of absorbed in things such as social media or rushing around getting ready for work, like just having moments of pause. Um, when I get home from work every day, the way that I stay stay present is having at least like an hour in my evening of just chilling. It's so simple, but it's so, so important. And people should not be ashamed or seen relaxing as like not productive because it so is like it's so essential to our well-being. Just absolutely doing nothing and talking to no one. (laughs) Um, But also like having like having fulfilling relationships such as like, you know, speaking to my partner on the phone every day makes me very happy. Um. Or like having one time in the week where I organize to meet up with my friends and keep those social relationships going. Like that makes me happy. Um, yeah, what what do you do? I uh, I absolutely love my morning coffee. I think I have my morning coffee and I just sit. And I yeah. the window, <laughs> to be honest. I And I just let my thoughts like take over. And I really, I've just, I... I have come to a point where I'm just very mindful with sitting down with my coffee and just enjoying it instead of having it on the go in a rush. Um, I'm quite lucky, I guess, because I work from home. So I can, I I have that extra time. I'm not commuting anywhere. I imagine you've got a commute ahead of you as well. So it might feel like a bit more of a rush in the morning. So I'm very grateful for that, that. I do get to work from home and I do get to have that time in the morning to myself to really just, sit there with my coffee and just not think and taking myself to a coffee shop as well like on weekends I love just a couple of hours in the morning sitting in a coffee shop and reading my book and just Mm. really mindful about that and I we spoke about this last week um, in terms of mindfulness and meditating and all this I used to force myself to sit down and meditate every single morning and I was the same I had to do it at x time and if I don't do it x time and if I don't do it for at least 10 15 minutes I'm a failure it was a waste of time I shouldn't have even done it in the first place because it was just all a waste so it's just moving meditation into something else that worked better for me which is just being more mindful and that is Mm. sitting in a coffee shop maybe just 
observing my surroundings. Maybe that's just not listening to anything, not listening to music, not listening to a podcast. I'm constantly listening and trying to absorb as much information as I can. That sometimes, yes, yeah. yeah. And people say, and this is something that I was really misled with for the last few years is that to be successful, you have to listen to a podcast like every day, you have to take in all this information. And it's so misleading because you're being overloaded with scenarios and people's lives that just aren't yours. You're and that and through that you're painting a picture of what your life should be like through just other people's words. And it's that's certainly what happened to me. So yeah, being in London and being on the commute every day, you see people heads down on their phones you get off the tube and there's just this rush and everyone's just got their eye on where they're going. Mm. And there's never this sense of just like, ah, breathe. So it's really important, especially if you are listening to this and you're in a very busy career that you find those small moments in your day. It's so, it's so essential because the one thing that is, you know, I, I love teaching and I love elements of it, but one thing that I struggle with a lot being surrounded by people in a school is that it's very, very hands-on, go, go, go all day from 7.30 in the morning till 5.30 in the evening. It's just chaos sometimes and teachers burn out and people burn out. And it's something I don't want people to ever have to go through, nor do I ever want to go through that myself. So yeah. It's, it's, I love, I love what you were saying about having your morning coffee and just looking out the window and something as simple as that can be so rewarding, um, when you do it every day. Mm. I can't even imagine what it must be like as a teacher nowadays in a secondary school. Are you working in a, a secondary school? Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. I just think back to what we were like, my classes back in secondary school and I feel so sorry for those teachers and what they had to go through I mean I hope you're at a very nice school but I imagine it is so draining and you were constantly giving all day you were just giving 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 like it's an amazing yeah. a very rewarding career I imagine as well but it also takes a lot from you it takes a lot of energy mm. and it yeah it's <laughs> just draining I, I I couldn't do yeah it hands off to you <laughs> it's ironic because my instagram account is energy with l and i'm like my whole day is just giving energy to other people um and i think i need to i'm in a point now where i'm like trying to give more energy to myself um so yeah it's it's something it's certainly you know i'm in a school at the moment which is good and it's teaching me a lot of lessons but i'm i'm leaving this school anyway in um in august because of maternity cover and things so I'm on I'm on another journey and another path and I'm going to choose a place that I think will suit my mentality and approach to things a bit more in terms of the pace of life and what what I want instead of what I think I want so yeah that's very exciting oh my gosh what you just said there what I want instead of what I think I want I absolutely agree with this statement and also what I want instead of what I think what other people want me to want if that makes sense yeah I, yeah I think I used to think that I needed to get this job in London because it's what everyone else were doing it's what everyone expected from me I at one yeah. point I thought because I did a law degree I thought I have to become a lawyer because that's what you do I do the law degree I go on to become a lawyer and that's what people expected from me and at some at one point in my life I was trying to do that until I realized that yeah. just that career was not for me but me being me I I also get myself into another high pressure job um, where it's just constantly about hitting numbers hitting targets and I mean so many jobs out there are, are just very high pressured um, in many uh. different ways um, but I then realized this is not what I actually want to do but it's what I think looks good to everyone else like I've got this good paying job in London I'm at one point I was living in London it's what it's what I don't know yeah and I live so I lived so close to London it was just the norm it was if you get a job locally and you're working for a local company you were seen as a bit 
of a failure, I guess, or you're not doing much with your life. You're not, for example, my brother, he's very content, very happy with his life. And he works with my mum and dad in their fish and chip shop. And my mum is I love that. <laughs> my mum is constantly wanting him to go out, do something else, do something more and better. And I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking, why? Like he if he's happy and content doing that, one day he'll he wants to take it over. So that's that's I guess what he's going to do. Let him do it. Let just mm. what's gonna make him happy and content, let him do it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing shameful about that. There's no point him getting this high pressure job in London that he's just gonna be miserable in and not enjoy. And yes, mm. he's be able to earn a lot of money. Like we all know that money yes it can buy happiness to some extent but it also can do some damage and it can make people not nice people depending on who who the the kind of person you are and a lot of I guess nuance around that um but it is just going internally and thinking about what you actually want to do instead of what other people want you to do or what is expected of you and it could be hard depending on the culture you're in or the family that you've grown up with what your parents are like whether they push you in a certain direction like it could be really really hard for, for me I always knew I wanted to be a teacher from like the age of like 15 which was very my parents are obviously delighted because they were like, oh, yay, we don't have to tell our daughter, like, you know, what career she should try out. We don't have to push her. Like, my brother's very different to me. Like, he's trying to figure out what he wants. He, I mean, he, um, he's 18. No. Oh, my God, he's not 18 anymore. He's 20. He's 20. Time flies. <laughs> um, he's, he's 20 and he... He's always been somebody that has never been as driven as I have been. He has his interests, but he's not always been kind of got the drive that my dad, I get it from my dad. My dad's a very driven person. And um, I always knew from 15, I was like, I just want to be a teacher. That's all I want to be, all I want to do. And then as I got older and I started exploring different avenues in my own interests, which has been in the last two, three years in well-being and coaching and um and offering value to people in that sense, I've been like, is teaching necessarily what I always want to do? I don't know. And yeah, it's definitely thinking about what I want instead of what has been perceived around me as kind of what other people want for me. So certainly that's another thing about the whole, is wanting more of what other people want for you good? (laughs) It's probably not. Yeah, it's a whole minefield. (laughs) And that's okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's a very, it's a very, it's a topic that hopefully we've been talking about and people kind of listen to it and take it, take from it what they will. Um, Because there's a lot to be thought about. And just, just kind of, I think the best thing to do is always be open to exploring different avenues and different possibilities and different realms and go with that and not be ashamed of it never be ashamed of yourself I think we forget how young we are sometimes and we try and put this pressure on ourselves to mm-hmm. have everything figured out and to be on this path that our parents was on or were on yeah um, in terms of okay my parents got married at 20 like I think my mom was 20 years old when she got married they then bought a house at this age they then had kids at this age and we're just not living in that time anymore we are just in a completely different time and I think we are still looking up to our parents or our grandparents and thinking that's what we should have things are so different now I look at people's like in my personal on my personal Instagram account I'll look at people's posts and there'll be doing a putting up a photo of them holding their keys to their first home or I don't know whatever it is and that then makes me think like oh do I want that should I be wanting that but then I know I don't but it's just the access we have to other people's lives and we we forget that (laughs) that isn't actually what we want but we then try and make like I don't know start to convince ourselves maybe that is what we want maybe and it just spirals into this whole like am I happy whatever a lot of a lot of it is what we're exposed to in our life everything like I mean I've I've I don't know about you but I've had Instagram since 2012 10 years oh my goodness I've had Instagram for 10 years that's a Mm -hmm. long time to be influenced especially between Mm -hmm. the age of 14 and 24 Mm -hmm. um 
So we are exposed to so much and on the daily that subconsciously we're not quite aware of. Um, so yeah, that's certainly like a big influence on the fact on, on, on what people think that they want in their life. So just, if you feel like that's who the path you're on at the moment, and you feel like you're watching things a lot of the time and it's thinking, you think that that's what you want in your life, try and think a bit outside the box a little and and reevaluate that and be conscious of what you're exposing yourself to every single day. Mm, yeah sit down with your own thoughts and I think we're so scared to do this sometimes just sit down with our own thoughts because I, I get scared of what will come up <laughs> sometimes yeah. um, and then you've got to actually listen you've got to like the things will come up and I'm like oh <laughs> now I've got to actually take action on this and we don't want to we want to bury it we want to ignore it we want to suppress it but then it gets worse and it bubbles up it's like you know when you're I don't know something your partner does like really annoys you and you're like okay I'll let it slide but then it bubbles up and then something else happens you're like I'll let it slide and it bubbles and it bubbles and that's mm -hmm. the same with emotions like we'll suppress and suppress and suppress and then they bubble up and then they burst into god knows what so I think it's always so important to just like sit down journaling doesn't work for everyone so even just like I don't know if journaling doesn't work for, for people what would is there something you'd suggest people could do if they don't yeah having open conversations with people like whether that's a family member whether that's a partner or whether that's just like a friend of yours like have open conversations um I would also say just sitting with your thoughts sometimes is it's I think uh, for some people that's really hard because it moments of stillness can be quite uncomfortable for people because we're in this day and age we're just exposed to so much so yeah, I would say if journaling doesn't work for you, you have to, the thing is with well-being is that there are so many different ways of exploring personal development and you have to just find what works for you. Like, and that just comes with trial and error because like you, I tried to meditate and it just didn't work for me. Like I was literally forcing myself to get into this state and I just couldn't and that's okay. So it try different things, like research, try it out. Um, and go through that phase of just learning what, what works. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. Is there anything else you would like to add? Anything else you think we should cover? Because um, I think this so has been a great chat. <laughs> I I love talking about this. It really mm. is my therapy. Yeah. Doing this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I recently started a podcast myself as well, and I think it's just such a therapeutic way to... Mm -hmm let your thoughts out and let people relate to you and have conversations. And I think something I would just probably want to finish off with is that in terms of always wanting more, we always have to remember that there is no time frame to this. And this idea of having a goal and goal setting, which is such a big word that's just used a lot. And sometimes that phrase annoys me. I don't know why. It just... Trigger. it's a bit of a trigger for me <laughs> and that's a very controversial claim and some people might be like well like I love goal setting like it gets me here and I think goal setting for me like setting setting goals can be good um but if you give yourself a time frame to achieve a goal um it can sometimes put more pressure on ourselves that we just we focus so much on the goal and we get frustrated if the process isn't happening in the time frame that we want whether you want to reach a goal in two months three months in one month um but I think it's about to to enjoy the process it's really about staying committed to it doing your best and just enjoying each day within the process knowing that you are going somewhere um and just taking away that time frame really especially if you're younger like if you're in your twenties, I just feel like timeframes just shouldn't really exist <laughs> sometimes. A big thing that we haven't touched on, trust and just trusting that that thing will happen or everything, it, it, will, it will just fall into place. If you are someone who is taking those steps every single day and you do have this dream, this vision of something you want to do and you are taking action on it and doing all the things, it will, it will come like, but it will just come when it's supposed to in its own 
good divine timing it will come and that, that is something that I am constantly telling myself every single day to just trust the things I want the things I need right now are just they will come to me at the exact time they were supposed to happen to me and be in my life and the reason that, that they're not coming right now maybe I'm not prepared for it maybe like I don't I don't think I could run my own business right now I would love to be running my own business one day but I don't think I actually could right now there's so many other things going on in my life that mean that I, I'm probably not in the best space to do that right now but it's something I want and it's mm. trusting it will happen so great note yeah. to end it on trust <laughs> trust things will trust things will happen um and I love, feels I love the same. everyone is in the exact same boat well no not the exact same boat ignore that we're not in the same boat but everyone just feels the <laughs> yeah don't don't get caught in the trap of molly may's 24 hours in yeah. a day that's something that we don't want to get into everyone, everyone has the same 24 hours guys we can oh we can achieve what we want um right but yeah no but it's been so lovely speaking to you um and getting this chat out to the world, I think it's important, I think it's relevant, and I think that if anyone resonates with anything we've said, reach out to either of us and just feel free to chat. Yeah, um, yeah. thank you so yeah. much. I've adored this chat so, so much. I really appreciate you coming on. And if anyone wants to go and follow you, is it it's Energy with L? Yeah, energy, like how you spell energy, <laughs> um, with, and then E-L, like L. Well, thank you. I've absolutely loved this. Thank you so much. Thanks.